Boink. Boink. You know, there's a lot of things that are in progress. <laughs> Pretty much everything, right? Everything is in progress. Yeah, that's what's happening. We're in it. Yep. Wow. every second of existence as young as you will ever be. Mm, yeah. And yeah. as old as you ever have been. And as old as you've ever have been. Mm -hmm. So there is no in between when it comes to age. No. Mm -hmm. You're either yeah. old or you're young. Well, you're both. That's true. Yeah. You're and, old uh, and you're young. Yeah. But only for, you know, a second at a time. Yes. Then yes, it's the exactly. past. Then it's the past and it's the future. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all, that's all accurate. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I thought about that. It's fun to think about. It's almost all I think about. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah I the think relationship between the past, future and present and where we are in it and what is real and stuff like that. Probably a good 90% of everything I think about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's going to become uh 90% of what I think about now. Well, what the funniest part is though, is you waste all of the present moment thinking about the present moment and the past and the future and all that. And you essentially waste it. Right. So, cause then it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's great. That's super, I, I, super fun uh, spiral to get into. It really is. You can't, you can't <laughs> stop it once it starts. No, no. You, it's you'll like, end up crazy like me. Oops. It's like the Pringles of real life. Once you pop, you can't stop. Do you remember yeah. that? Once your brain pops. Yeah. You once your brain stop. pops. Exactly. Yeah. That's true. You remember that though? Once you yeah. pop, you can't stop. I I do. Everything was that the nineties. Feels Probably. like everything was real extreme. You know, like yeah, Mr. Pib, put it in your head. You put it in your head. Wait a that, minute. That was yeah. What are you talking about? I don't. That remember was the that. slogan in the nineties. Put it. Put it in, in your, your really. Head. That yeah, one totally. You know, like a line drawing of a weird face. It was very, very 90s. I do remember the line drawing of a weird face, but I don't remember put it in your head. Wow. Yeah, that's what like, they said. So, <laughs> like, did the commercial actually show somebody, like, pouring Mr. Pib, like, in their uh, brain or something? I think it, you, well, yes, actually. Hmm. That's exactly what the commercial was. <laughs> like 100 serious the the weird face the weird face's head the head that the weird face belongs to uh, opens up and then a real human hand pours a, a can of mr pib in, into the brain cavity 
Really? I don't know. Wow. I that you know, and I am a stickler for like nineties like commercials. Huh. Uh there are so many like good ones that were just mind boggling now. Oh yeah. Um Some real tasty treats. The nineties were a different time, man. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I liked them that much I, at the I, time. But. Here's the thing is I don't really like any time period. Like yeah. <laughs> when it comes down to it, like there was hmm. horrible shit then. And there was horrible, sh- there's horrible shit now, but mm-hmm. I do feel like me personally, this is speaking from my experience. Mm-hmm. I took a lot of stuff for granted and a lot of stuff mm. that happened in the nineties. And I would even say like the two thousands. Um, yeah. I didn't really know what I had until it was gone. Yeah. Are you talking specifically about Jolt Cola or just <laughs> Surge or just other things? Uh, Dr. Slice would be the most specific. <laughs> you remember Dr. Slice? I do. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I don't I think remember... I appreciated it. Yeah. yeah. And Slice doesn't even exist anymore. Like, what's going yeah. on? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah, tell we, you what it is. It's, have... that, it's that Mandela effect. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Now it's taken things that actually did exist. And mm-hmm. um and removing them and removing yeah yep from history. Wait, that's what the Mandela effect. Well, is. are they removing Wait, no. them? I don't know. Or were they even there to begin with? That's the question. That's the real question. And mm. I'm totally being serious. This is not um, a deep fake. This is not a um. Uh, it's it's not designed to give you the heebie-jeebies. It's by design, it's meant to be intelligent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. So yeah, I don't think that stuff really exists. I don't think the '90s existed. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. What proof do we have? Exactly. Well, like, okay, now <laughs> that is the can't past. be faked. <laughs> now is the past, present, and future all in one, right? Yeah. So this is the only thing that exists <clears throat> right now. Yes. This. Yeah. This show. This is it. Nothing and else exists. The listeners are hearing this from the past. I mean, mm-hmm. as far as they know, it could be happening right when they're hearing it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's real well, confusing. Time so lo- is strange. <laughs> Let me try another introduction that fits better with the discussion we're having. Welcome to the past, present, and future. This is the Accelerative Thrust Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Eric. And I'm Eric. That's what I said. That's hey, wait, said. why are we doing this again? Why are we doing this again? Is this the first time we've done this? We've done this? Wait. I didn't really see any news. Did you see any news, Eric? Jeez, no, I didn't. I take that back. There is an interesting piece of news that I saw recently. Um it says 25 years despite numerous people pointing the finger at prime suspect Orlando Anderson, even his own uncle Keith D. But apparently um, Keith D revealed something in an interview recently that investigators are digging into Keith D's involvement that could possibly haul him off to jail for the crime. And yeah, apparently he said something that made him like an accomplice or something. So 
Tupac's murder, I, I find of all of the murders of celebrities or all the deaths of celebrities that I think could and probably does have a, a legitimate conspiracy behind them, mm-hmm. uh, both Tupac and Biggie Smalls, I think, mm-hmm. could be. Like, yeah. absolutely. If you look at, like, everything about both of those murders, it doesn't make any sense that there were all these people around, supposedly, at the time of the shootings, and they still haven't been able to drum up hmm. anything for 25 years. Yeah. You would think people would be slipping up all the time. Exactly. You know? Oh, remember, also, like, that one night when we killed Tupac, and then everyone would be like, dude! <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Are you serious? That would actually be a really sick bar for an MC to rap. Like you remember the night we killed Tupac, but then like, (laughs) think about how much backlash that would get. Yeah. Suicidal song. I shot Reagan. Yeah. I shot Reagan. Yeah. Which was a pretty big statement when that song came out. That was a big statement at that time. Yeah. Do you think he really did it? Do I think Mike Meir from Suicidal Tendencies shot Ronald Reagan? Yeah, I mean, he has a confession uh, on tape. <laughs> yeah, but he also shot uh, who? Sadat. He shot the devil. I mean, in the, oh. song, in the song. Okay, so, well, again, do you think he did that too? I mean, I don't know. That's a pretty heavy confession, man. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, hmm. Speaking yeah. of the guy that... uh actually really did shoot Reagan. You heard about all of the th- the things about him, right? He actually is um, becoming a songwriter and he actually put an ad up for like people to join his band. Really? And he booked a show, I want to say in Chicago at some theater and sold out like almost instantly. Wow. This, this oh. is actually relatively old news just to let everyone know i'm sure there's people that already heard about this Hmm. but john hinckley jr just reached a noteworthy achievement in his new career as a country singer a sold-out show in new york the man who attempted to assassinate president ronald reagan in 81 is scheduled to perform his first ever solo show july 8th at the market hotel in brooklyn apparently enough people are willing to pay 20 dollars to watch Hinkley sing songs like you let whiskey do your talking. Can't we get along? And you and I are free. Wow. To sell out. It's a 450 seat venue. So it's not like he's selling out Madison square garden. So the last huh. song, which you can hear above you and I are free. So, huh. I may have to listen to this yeah. is especially appropriate since Hinkley is scheduled to be unconditionally released from a rate remaining restrictions attempting from the 1981 assassination attempt. Wow. He was found guilty by reason of insanity in 82. Hmm. After arguing, he was mentally ill and obsessed with the movie taxi driver uh-huh. <laughs> and actor Jody Foster, whom he had stopped. Oh yeah. She's the reason. Jody Foster's the reason why he ended up. <laughs> yeah. Why, why he, why he shot Reagan to impress like, her is that i mean that's are you being totally serious i okay. know that's all that's right. true Oof. oh yeah all right <laughs> well let's review some records all right it's gone good. on far too long <laughs> um all right so my pick for this week 
it's going to be the least surprising pick I've ever made. And the reason is literally this couldn't be more up my alley. Like if anyone listens to this show and they happen to hear this, they would say, what the hell? Why hasn't Eric covered this record? Like it's Mm -hmm. that much for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So anyway, Medicine Boy, the record is called Take Me With You When You Disappear. It's a Berlin duo. Andre Leo and Lucy Kruger. I don't know if they're originally from Berlin, but that's where they are now. Um, But yeah, like I said, this is very, 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 very much exactly the kind of music I like on many different levels. Um, It's atmospheric and druggy, noisy, somber, um, pensive. To say what this is, it's kind of difficult. There's twangy guitars. There's really nice organs, noisy electronics, a lot of like drumless rhythm, if that make, makes any sense. It's sort of just like pulsing, which is really great. A lot of this happens sort of in a atmospheric, noisy realm. I mean, like things are muffled. They're not all that overt. And there's other interesting choices like accordion and piano that come in. But yeah, I think maybe I'll just talk about what this reminds me of and then um, and then we'll get there. Uh, first and foremost, it actually reminded me of Black Heart Procession, which is a group that I really, really love. But a, not a lot of other people seem to love them. I mean, I, they're popular, but amongst the people I know, uh, not a lot of people like them, but I think they're great. It's a lot like PJ Harvey musically and dynamically. Uh, that also then would include Nick Cave, of course. There's an element of like the lingua ignata where it's like it can get really heavy at times. It can get really emotionally heavy at times, but it never goes quite as quite as uh, visceral maybe as lingua ignata. The vocals are shared by both the members, but mostly it's Lucy Kruger. And her vocals are really cool. They span a lot of different sounds and timbres and styles even. Um, I think you would hear some Nico in there, some PJ Harvey, Hope Sandoval from uh, Mazzy Star, uh, but also a lot of like Courtney Love, uh, Kim Gordon. And that's kind of the one thing about this record I liked and found the most interesting. In the beginning of the show, we were talking about the 90s. I don't know how much of that will get left in, but I was saying how I didn't especially like the 90s and I didn't really like the music that much, the grunge stuff that was happening, because to me, it seemed like it had more to do with the style, like a fashion specific things you had to do to be grunge. And that always bothered me. But what's interesting now is that I think we're seeing grunge as an actual element of things. And you can hear the influence of grunge in other types of music. And that happens in this record a lot. There's moments that sound very much like Soundgarden or Screaming Trees or something like the the heaviness of it um, and the guitar tones very fuzzy at times. Um, so yeah, I um, I really liked this. I can't really say 
a lot about it. Um, and I can't even really say what kind of music it is, but I do know it when it's mellow, it's very mellow. And when it's aggressive, it's pretty aggressive. Like I said, I don't think it goes into like black metal territory or anything, but it's, um, it's good. Um, it's kind of a dark atmospheric thing to put on and we've had some rainy days. So I think it would work fine for that. Uh, what'd you think, Dan? Yeah, I, I'll tell you, Eric, I thought this was fantastic for me. The record starts off when you talk about kind of the smoother sounds on the record, Mm-hmm. It started off that way, and then it kind of seemed to build up to, you know, something towards the end that was almost like a little bit heavy, like it was almost like a stick of dynamite going off mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. <laughs> like it. Because the last track I remember was pretty like lush, this romantic, dark sound. But somewhere in the middle is where I feel like the record really started to like get as you put it like aggressive mm-hmm. it would get like like you said it creates moods that are both like aggressive and moods that are really dark when it when it's mellower it's between like dark and foggy lush mm-hmm. and romantic like on one hand it sounds like you're kind of going through a haunted house yeah but then on the other hand i could also picture myself drinking wine and eating chocolates with a lover like you know what i mean like just you know it, it's it kind of has that red velvety sure texture to it like you know what i mean mm-hmm. it, it's it, a this, bit sultry exactly yeah. it's a bit sultry and it sounds like valentine's day like a dark gothic valentine's <laughs> day when the record explores that territory mm-hmm. what i heard was a little bit of like chris isaac Sort of. I know that sounds kind of weird, but in particular, yeah. Wicked Game. Sure. Um, because that's really the only Chris Isaac song I'm really mm. super familiar mm-hmm. with. But I also know that Chris Isaac kind of has that sort of sound a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Bajas, a little bit of Bajas. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I heard a lot, like you mentioned Screaming Trees in the guy's voice. Andre, Andre. Leo. Yep. Okay. So Andre's voice reminds me a lot of Mark Lanigan. So. Oh. Huh. It's yeah. interesting that you bring up Screaming Trees. Hmm. It's very smooth, luscious production, great bass tones, twanging mm-hmm. guitars. It has that David Lynch sort of mm-hmm. thing to it, you know? It's just totally gorgeous and just yeah. haunting and thrilling. Like you said, when Lucy's voice kicks in, it made me think of Chelsea Wolf, PJ mm-hmm. Harvey. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, I want to say by the third or fourth track, I kind of thought that's where this record was just going to stay. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, and I actually wrote down, it never really gets noisy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't know why I even wrote that. Then all of a sudden the next song comes on mm-hmm. and I'm like, Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm hearing some acid bath. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with acid yeah. bath. You talk about the grunge thing. Kind of reminded me a little bit of that. Yeah, for sure. Even a little bit of Swans was thrown in there. Mm -hmm. And then Nick Cave's uh, Grinder Man project. Yeah. A little bit of morphine. And then Mm -hmm. you mentioned the punk element. And I even heard bits of something like Fugazi or Slint Mm kind of thrown in there. So then all of a sudden it turned into like a noisy record. And 
it mm-hmm. makes me wonder if they did that by design. If it was like maybe the Sonic, I guess you could say timetable or whatever, for lack of a better way to describe mm-hmm. it, was meant to kind of represent something building up and then coming mm-hmm. back down, like or like a roller coaster, and then all of a sudden you're going down and it's mm-hmm. scary and gets noisy and loud, and then you're kind of coming down from that. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if that's sort of how they designed that or if that's just a coincidence that it mm-hmm. ended up that way. But yeah. in any case, I found that very interesting about the whole record. It's it's a very, very great record. I think if you're a fan of all of the stuff that Eric and I mentioned, mm-hmm. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't love this record. Yeah. Nice. And even if you're not a fan of that stuff, I think there's really something for a lot of people to enjoy. I do too. Speaking of the 90s, um, <laughs> the next band that I am going to talk about is on Fat Records. Oh. And that is a very 90s mm-hmm. sort of associated label. You know, a lot of people think that the golden age of Fat Records was kind of the 90s, mm-hmm. you know, I think. So my pick for this week was is a band called Bad Cop, Bad Cop. And the name of the record is Warriors. Now, this is their second record. Hmm. Um, They have actually have a record that came out more recently. Out of all of the ones that I listened to, and that record is great, too. uh, This is the best one I've heard, in my opinion. To be honest with you, the reason why I picked this more than any other reason is because I just think they're a great band with excellent hooks and really good songwriting at the at its core, I definitely think that it is a punk record and it, it does make sense that they would be on fat records, but I do think there's a little bit of other things kind of going on. I, I think the songs are really, really good. And mm-hmm. uh, clearly I think that you can tell that just from the harmonizing that is uh, being done, um, there's some definite, like, I, I think pop influence for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, these songs are just really, really good. They're really catchy. It's super melodic. Um, the singer, well, the main singer is Stacy D and she kind of has this growl to her voice that sometimes reminds me a little bit of maybe Courtney Love or Joan Jett, uh, a little bit of Wendy O. Williams from the Plasmatics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's super, super, again, I can't stress how melodic these songs are. Mm-hmm. But the bassist, Lynn Lee, also sings. And she's got, I would say, the closest that this band would get to, like, hardcore. She kind of sings some of the faster songs on here, I think. And mm-hmm. then the guitarist, Jenny Cotterell, I think, think i'm saying that right Mm -hmm. um she does i think more of the background vocals there's a lot of harmonizing between all three of the vocalists and that i think that's something that is really good and when all three of them do it i think it's done amazingly well there is some kind of political and social stuff in the lyrics but also one of the things that i really like about it uh more than anything is um the lyrics especially on like the opening track, which is probably my favorite one retrograde. Mm -hmm. I interpret it as overcoming obstacles, you know, that just sort of are trying to keep you down, but rising above that. And Mm -hmm. as basic 
as a concept as, as that sounds, I think it's awesome when somebody can be inspiring in an awesome way. Like that is just simply writing a really, really good song. Also, I think uh, like Victoria uh, touches on um, suicide, talks about a lot about dysphoria. So they're really kind of touching on like some really important social subjects, which I think is really cool. But honestly, mm -hmm. I think every song on this record is could be a single. I could definitely hear a little bit of like no effects sort of influence on here, or even something like, I don't know, Bad Religion or Green Day, even uh, a little bit of Ramones thrown in there sometimes the runaways and even a bit of hole and even like maybe a touch of like something like bikini kill or mm -hmm. l7 even at times but overall uh, again i just think that they're a really really great band and um yeah i think if if you're a fan of just really well-written songs and kind of uh i wouldn't even necessarily call this pop punk i i just think it's really melodic really well-written melodic punk, I guess, for lack of a better way to describe it. That's kind of one of the, another reason why I really like it because it sounds like it belongs on fat, but I also think it kind of distinguishes itself a little bit from a lot of the other fat record bands that mm. I, that I hear. I think it's kind of unique for being a fat records band. And of course I'm speaking from somebody who admittedly is kind of, in the dark about what is going on at fat. So mm. I'm not trying to like, you know, say that other bands sound alike at, on that label or anything like that, but just I'm basing it on what I've heard. And I'm admittedly not a very big scholar of fat records mm -hmm. um, other than a few bands, but I really, really like this band. So what did you think, Eric? Well, let me say that I know even less about fat records and this kind of punk and like pop punk specifically. Mm -hmm. um, I just don't have any experience with it, but I will say this is as good as anything I've ever heard as far as pop punk or things that sound like that go. This is, yeah, like I said, as good as anything. Yeah. With that being said, I think the songs are great. I think they actually transcend the style a little bit. They keep things at sort of a consistent tempo and style as far as the playing and everything like that is all in order. But um, the songs themselves don't necessarily follow those same formats. And so I think that's a really nice effect, you know, because you wouldn't want everything to sound the same, but you do want it to be cohesive enough that it's the same band and the things that you like about that band are continuous. I think that the playing is like beyond tight. Uh, it's extremely, it's almost technical how mm -hmm. tight this all is. And I hate to say it, but like it's the, it, I only know the things I know, but this very easily could fit in with the blenders or death killer mm -hmm. drive or something mm -hmm. like, absolutely. I think they would all fit in very well together. And I think that's awesome. I, I wish I knew more about this style and, and I'd spent some more time with it. I guess I have all the time in the world, right? Until I don't. <laughs> um, but the vocals are great. And I really, really appreciated the background vocals. I think they absolutely might have been, been my favorite part mm -hmm. because they're so understated. 
like you're hearing them, but they're not show offy in any way, except that they're super tight and super perfect. And just the harmonies are so great. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't really have much else to say about it. Um, Broken and Victoria were my favorite tracks. What I liked about Victoria, it sort of told a tragic story, but it's happening in like a upbeat pop punk song, which yes. is something that we're all sort of familiar with. Like probably starting back with the Ramones, you know, just telling these little vignette sort of stories about people or like Cindy's on methadone or but, screeching weasel, right? Screeching weasel. And so like, sort of like that, you know, it had that, it was in that same vein and that same tradition. So I, or like Richard hung himself by the vandals or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's, um, it's something that we've heard before. And I kind of like that. Um, and yeah, it's a great record. I had a lot of fun. If you like any of the stuff that was mentioned, I mean, this is 100% something you're going to enjoy. Like, yeah, I have no doubt about it that this is as good as anything you've heard in the, this vein, in this style. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you liked it, Eric. I was yeah. very eager to hear your opinion on it. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry I didn't have specifics and didn't have that much to say. But I mean, sometimes you can only react to what you're hearing. Yes. You know, uh, yes. I think that a lot of times on this show, we do have sort of a background in lots of different things, even if it's, you know, not that deep of a background, at least a cursory knowledge of most things. And for me, this style, I, I kind of just don't, <laughs> but sure, I can sure. tell you what I heard and what I thought of that. So, you know, sure. I thought it was really great. Well, uh, let's talk about a local release. This is our first time doing this, and there's really no precedent about how we do this. Um, it's a various artists. Mm -hmm. It's a good old comp. This one's Compilation. Iowa-solation. That's hard to say. I practice. It is, yeah. Iowa-solation. I'm probably going to screw it up yeah. when I say it. And what this is, is it's an Iowa noise compilation. That's what it's labeled. And it is, it is a noise compilation. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, we haven't really done a, a comp on here before. So I'm just going to quickly kind of go through each track because I think that's the most fair way to do it. Because if I just did the complete, you know, a review of the complete thing as a whole, it doesn't really make a lot of sense because these are nine different projects or people who are all really different. But because of that, um, I think that it is a great representation of a lot of things going on around Iowa and a lot of different kinds of things going on that sort of fit under the same umbrella of noise. I think that, you know, that's just the term noise automatically um, will alienate a good portion of our listeners, you know, and that's just sort of the way it is. It, it's called noise. I mean, it's on purpose that it's repellent to some people, you know, but with that being said, I'll just kind of go through. Uh, there's only nine tracks on here, which I actually appreciate a lot because noise, it is taxing. It's hard. Uh, it's complicated. It's challenging. And if you have too much of it, it all becomes too much. And, and a lot of times you can just dismiss an entire recording or artist or something if they push you 
too far into that challenging realm. So yeah, I'll just quickly kind of go through sort of how I interpreted what I heard. So the first track is by a group called Boar featuring Selving and the title of the song is Replantation. This is pretty cut up. It's a really chopped, chopped up sort of like Otto von Schirach kind of feel. A nice use of panning. Uh, it's very disorienting. It's a nice opener for the comp because if you can't handle this, you can't handle the comp just the way it is. Next we have, If I Could Just Get Some Sleep is the name of the project. This track is untitled. This is a pretty uh, clear example of like power electronics. Lots of feedback, distorted screaming. What I really like about this is when the screaming and the noise stops, it just drops into this like kind of gut-wrenching lull. It's not silence, it's just like feedback and you know something else is coming and there's a lot of anticipation because of that. The next track is by Bob Bucko Jr. who's from the Dubuque area, um, Bob Bucko Jr. I don't know him all that well personally, I've met him a few times, but he's a really cool guy and he's always working on stuff. His track is called Barely Tethered and it's good. It's like heavy rhythmic repetition. There's a kind of like static that goes throughout that almost acts as a vocal. I'm not sure if that vocal is just that noisy or if it's just static. Um, Bob does play the sax. And I think that there's some of that going on here. There's there at least some melodic instrument and it adds a lot of dynamics to the whole thing. There's a nice abrupt stop at the crescendo. And then we kind of uh, loll out, um, kind of just noise out for the rest of it. It's kind of nice. Um, the next track is called Lith Ops. Um, the project is called Lith Ops. The track itself, yeah, Trintite, I think is the name of the song. This one's great. It has uh, tons of like resonance, feeding back, a lot of squealing and squelching. Sound is pushed to the highest top frequencies, almost to the point that you can't listen to it. But what's really cool is underneath there's this kind of constant bell tone throughout, like a ringing bell or like a meditative sort of uh, singing bowl kind of sound almost. And that makes it slightly more ethereal than the tracks that have come before, just because of those ringing drones. Um, they have a nice calming element to it. The next track is by Harm Signals. This one is called A Testupa. This track, a lot of delay feedback pushed into almost into like ring modulation. It's really nice. It drops into like subsonic, like crushing subsonic destruction, like buildings being torn down almost level of sound, which is great. A really heavy crushing track. I really enjoyed it. Um, the next track is by Mall of America. It's called Non-Euclidean Temporal Anomaly. I should say that Mall of America is Phil Mall, who is a musical comrade of mine, um, frequent collaborator. And I really like what Phil does. Um, this is the first track on the comp to kind of put a push us into a slightly more ambient direction. Just classic 
analog oscillators feeding back, um, filters sweeping. I mean, just classic electronic sound here. Phil has a good ear and never really needs to go into absolute ear crushing noise. It's more of a atmosphere than a, a visceral sort of stance. A lot of great reverbs and delays on that too. Uh, the next track is Musician. It's untitled. This one takes us to the most subdued of any of the tracks. This one sounds almost like a field recording. I mean, it sounds like someone recording themselves walking through the woods or something. It's mm -hmm. crazy uh, beyond ambient. It And the, the other thing too is like there's this really high pitch frequency. It's almost like a tape tape sound or like a sound in the machinery. So yeah, this is beyond ambient. This is like more like frequency worship, I guess is how I would put it. I really loved it. Second to last is Dirt Chamber, who is Kevin Earhart Hansen. Um, Kevin is a super great guy. This takes a decidedly more industrial stance. I think it's great, just classic industrial drone, like just triggering nonstop machinery sounds, filtered and bit crushed just into oblivion to the point that it sounds like tape snapping. It's super grimy, super blown out. The whole thing's in the red. It has a great sound to it. The last track is by The Killer Frequency. Um, the Killer Frequency track is called Unknown Sample. Uh, this one I really enjoyed. It's really ghostly, like throbbing um, alarm tones. Do you know what a Brahms is, Dan? Um, No. Okay, so back... In the early 2000s, a, a really popular element of sound design, especially in movies and TV, was uh, they called it a Brahms. And all it really was, it was like, it was almost like a super low French horn kind of sound, but it would just go mm, like that. Gotcha. Uh, that's kind of happening constantly throughout the sort of intro of this track. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of falls into this sort of self-oscillating uh, filter kind of feedback into almost silence. And then I don't have a better way to put it, but a big old like jump scare attack. And it's just total destruction from that point on. It's a, it's a nice, it's a nice track with just a lot of dynamics to it. And it goes a lot of places. So I know that went on for a long time, but I really felt like each track needed to be discussed because these are nine different um, people or groups, artists that are making this stuff and they came together on a comp and to put all that into one review wouldn't have made a lot of sense to me personally. So mm -hmm. sorry if it got a little boring, but I mean, this is a review. So I feel like we have to talk about things, but yeah. overall, this is a great offering. I, would love to know who's responsible because I actually don't know. I mean, that's cool in its own way too, but I would like to see more. I would love, I would love it if this were a series because there are a lot of people doing this kind of stuff in Iowa and a lot of people that otherwise may not get be heard, you know, because it is a very niche sort of thing. It's like, if you like this stuff, you like it. And if you don't, 
it's nearly impossible to just discover and get into. But yeah, I, so I would love it if this were a series and we could be introduced to even more um, artists and groups. But overall, I loved it. I love the whole concept and I love the exposure for all these uh, artists. And I just, I love comps. I always have, I, I especially local Iowa comps. I mean, those become so like important to the people on them and the people that hear them. It legitimizes uh, projects that maybe aren't as big, but they're on equal footing sometimes with other people that are bigger in the scene. And, and that's a huge thing. And just uh, being able to kind of dip in and be caught up is, is an important thing. And I think that's what comps sort of do. So anyway, I really enjoyed it. Um, what do you think, Dan? Well, I'm, I'm going to have far less to say about it than you, mm -hmm. Eric. Here's the, here's the thing. I'm going to make kind of a confession. Mm -hmm. um, I've never really been into listening to noise as much yeah. as experiencing it. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I mean by that is open goat would be the perfect example. Mm. Um, sometimes I would get up and I would jam with you guys. Mm -hmm. And it's because the idea of creating something that is very almost by design deconstructing music for lack of a better way to describe it or deconstructing mm -hmm. sound maybe would be a better yeah. way to put it. I get more out of it. If I'm experiencing it, if I'm seeing yeah. it live or if I'm, if there's a visual element to accompany it. Mm -hmm. um, so I am going to admit this, like you said, Eric, this was really challenging for me to listen to. Mm -hmm. And that's not a bad thing. There were parts of it that I thought were just brilliant. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned the Lithops track. That was seriously super intriguing to me. And like you said, that sort of low hum that was kind of going on, mm -hmm. I thought was amazing. Harm Signals was also uh, very interesting to listen to. I really, really liked the Mall of America track. Mm -hmm. uh, it sounded to me, and I feel like you're probably way more well-versed in the noise genre overall, way more than I am, Eric. So mm -hmm. um, I guess we're trading off, uh, you know, because you definitely had a lot to say about this, mm -hmm. where I feel like the people who understand this maybe better than me, uh, could totally get where you're coming from with it. Mm -hmm. Whereas to me, I was listening to some really, really cool sounds. And yeah. so for me, the best that I have to really, plus you're also more of an audiophile than I am. So you kind of understand, I think a little more, um, audio terms, I guess, mm -hmm. sound terms than maybe I, I do. And so like, for me, I'm going to say what I always say about stuff that is kind of soundscapey, that it sounds like cinematic mm -hmm. sci-fi movie score type stuff, which I think yeah. is awesome. For sure. It just, it sounds alien to me. That being said, uh, I, like I said, it was difficult for me to get through all nine tracks, but I did. And I, I think that it's, it's a great thing to exist as well. Iowa Salation. I think what you said about it being an introduction to 
um, or even just something that exists that documents Mm -hmm. what these artists are doing regionally. And I'm sure that there's, you could go to like any state and you can find noise comps from Mm -hmm. 50 different artists all across the United States. I think it, it is, it's a great thing that this exists as well. I think that that's the, the sort of punk rock aspect of it. Um, the way it looks, mm-hmm. the way it presents itself. I think that the order of tracks were really, really great because sure. like you said, it kind of, it sort of seemed to have this like almost follow like a sonic theme sort of, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, it was, it was definitely challenging if noise does not appeal to you, this won't. <laughs> right. That's that's just plain and simple the truth. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean, to to people who look at noise music as just noise music or just noise, right? That's what this is going to sound like to you. And another another thing that I will say too is most of the time when I appreciate noise, I ap- appreciate it when it's like within a song. With hip hop, for instance, like right. something like Death Grips or even mm-hmm. like yeah, Earl Sweatshirt, you know, mm-hmm. like there's elements I mean of like something like that within like yeah. his production or or whatever, you know? Right. And I that's the way that's how I like noise mostly as well. Mm-hmm. But that's how I like almost any specific element of music. I like it yeah. in small doses and, and as part of a bigger piece, you yeah. know, usually. But yep. yeah, for sure. So for shows, I only have two show, shows. That's it. Okay. I don't know what to say. I looked all over. I mean, I, I'll try harder, guys. But anyway, um, so this Saturday, the 23rd at Trumpet Blossom, we have a performer named Chris Dingman who is a vibraphonist uh, and composer. That sounds strange. And then there's also Daniel Wykey. He's a Chicago-based guitarist and improviser. I think these are probably both going to be improvised projects. So yeah, Trumpet Blossom, Saturday night, should be fun. Sunday night, the 24th, this is a sick, sick show. Dryad, Frail Body, Wanderer, Pains, and Psyop. Mm-hmm. This is going to be at Purgatory, which is a house venue in Iowa City. So you can ask me, you can ask a punk, find the event on Facebook and ask there. But yeah, anyway, uh, it's going to be pretty killer. And I really really i'm gonna try to make it it's an early show seven o'clock so there goes your excuse but that's the only two shows i really have for this week but they sound cool so yeah maybe that's good enough Corey peak invited me to that show on facebook oh yeah um i'm having thoughts about actually maybe making that my first appearance i'm having thoughts about it if you go i'll go how's that sound (laughs) <laughs> so what did we learn today we learned that oh. reality is not as it seems yeah i forgot that actually mm-hmm. and that chris isaac kind of has a twangy sound oh yeah that was a, quite the revelation 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we talked a lot about nostalgia, which nostalgia. I hate of, of the future. Right. Nostalgia for the future. For the future. And then um, yeah, 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 yeah. We talked a lot about stuff. Folks, in this Folks. thing we call life, if you would like to <laughs> contact us and you would like to talk to us, uh, Facebook and Instagram, that's the place to do it, my friends. Mm-hmm. That's true. And my friends, we have a juicy video up on YouTube right now. Wow. Yeah, you should check it out. I think we're going to probably do the YouTube again mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah, probably. So be on the lookout for that one. you have anything else for our uh, guests uh, of the listening persuasion? No, I just wanted to make that cool sound. That sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, go ahead and send me a message to tell me what you think of that sound. I'll do it one on. more time. Okay, wait, hold on. Let me make a cool sound. Okay. (laughs) Well, if you survived listening to this show, uh, maybe we'll see you next week. I hope we didn't alienate our audience or anything. Or Iowa salate them. Or Iowa salate them. Jesus. (laughs) We are going, we're going hard. We're going hard, man. We're going ham. We're going. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, We're going ape. Uh, okay, okay. No, no, no. Ape. No screwing around. It's the end. We got to end, yo. We, I got to end this show. We can't be talking about ape ham. Yeah. Let's All go. Right. Let's go. I buy it. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> wow. I guess I have all the time in the world, right? Until I don't. (laughs) This is not um, a deep fake.